But you remember when, when Jacob was coming back home with his household. And he was waiting to receive his brother Esau. After he had arranged his household, his children, his wives all around. The Bible says Jacob was left alone. And he wrestled with an angel of the Lord. And they wrestled all night. And the Bible says when it was morning, the angel said, let me go. The night breaks. And what did Jacob say? Anybody remembers? He said, I wouldn't let you go except you bless me. You want to fly this year? Nobody's answering me. You want to fly this year? You must get to that point where you are alone with God. That is the place of strength. That is the place of empowerment. That is the place. You know when the Bible says, come, let us reason together, says the Lord of hosts. In the book of Isaiah chapter 1, if you are going to reason with him, you can only reason with him at that place where you are what? Alone with God. Jesus was alone with his disciples. What was happening there? What was Jesus doing with his disciples when he was alone with them? The Bible makes us understand that he was, doing, he was teaching them. He was teaching them. For three and a half years, he was teaching them. He taught a fisherman. A fisherman that the elders of the land looked upon and said, this guy is an uneducated common man. He had two sicknesses that spelled poverty. Uneducated and what? Common. Ah, but something made a difference in the life of Peter. And what was that? The Bible says they looked at Peter after he had made uh, 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 I mean, the, 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 the pronouncements before the elders were done in the book of Acts chapter 4. In verse 13. The Bible says, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. They marveled. Then, their eyes of understanding were opened. Because the Bible says, and they took knowledge of them. That what? They had been with Jesus. That's what makes the difference. When you have been with Jesus, you will fly. Not only will you fly, you will fly unhindered. You will fly and no man can bring you down. And brethren, that's why it's very important we are starting a prayer and fasting tomorrow. And I love the way that the Lord has led our daddy in the Lord to, 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 to demarcate the times of this prayer and fasting. One of the things that the G.O. said when it was giving the message to the redeemed Christian church of God... Is that the Lord says, we are his own. Amen. We are what? The Lord says, we are his own. Tell somebody I'm his own. I'm his own. That is, I belong to God. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That tells you. That tells you. If you are with God, if you belong to God, nobody can snatch you out of his hands. Because God said, he will take care of his own. He went further to declare that this is a year of restoration. Tell somebody restoration. Whatever you have lost to the canker worm, to the palmer worm, to disobedience, because you disobeyed God, whatever it is, if you are faithful this year, you will take it back in Jesus' name. You know that song that says, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. He's where? He's under my feet. He's under my feet. 
He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. When you have been alone with God and you are ready to come out, Satan is where? Under your feet. He cannot challenge you. That's very important. But I took note of something that the uh, that in the Lord said. He said, God said, we have not been thankful enough. Brethren, take note of that. We have not what? That's why the 63 days prayer and fasting is broken into three sessions. And the earlier we realize that fact, the better for us. We have not been thankful enough. The first 21 days, beginning from tomorrow, for three weeks, 21 days, we have only one prayer point. What is that prayer point? Thanksgiving. Give thanks for Christ's chapel. Give thanks for yourself. Give thanks for your wife. Give thanks for your husband. Give thanks for your children. Give thanks for your parents. Give thanks for your academics. Give thanks for everything. Because the Bible says in everything do what? For 21 days, brethren, we're going to be doing what? Giving thanks. Giving thanks. You are laying a very powerful foundation. You want to overcome a limitation. God says we have not given him thanks enough. And we say, okay, Father, for the next 21 days, we are going to be doing what? I hope you are ready. I hope you want to give him thanks. I always want to remind us. There was a time we said we were going to have a 72 days prayer chain. Some of us still remember. And the theme of that prayer chain was what? Thanksgiving. It was a prayer chain. So we had people praying for one hour, somebody taking over. But I found out one thing with our people. By the time they've given thanks for 10 minutes, what happens? They begin to say, Lord, do this, Lord. It's a prayer chain on what? Thanksgiving. Brethren, it's the same with all of us. This season, give thanks. And I can assure you, the Lord will answer you. See, in the midst of your thanksgiving, you will see the Lord doing some things. I hope you are ready to receive. Receive in the name of Jesus. So, from the next 21 days, after the first 21 days, the Bible, I mean, we are told that our prayer point is what? Mercy. Just asking for the mercy of God. From day 22 to day 42. I hope I'm correct. All right? All we are going to be doing is what? Asking for mercy. And brethren, that is very powerful. Because when I look at my scriptures, it's only when you ask for mercy when it is too late that you don't obtain it. And it is only too late for you when you have, you have, you have made a transition from this world to the next. And I pray for every one of us, it will not be too late for us in Jesus' name. Oh, then the last 21 days, we are, we are told to do what? To make demands. Having laid the right foundation of thanksgiving and we're building blocks upon it of what? Of mercy. Then we are ready to make demands. As we make demands, God will answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. I say God will answer you in Jesus' name. Amen. When you go to, when we go to the book of Luke chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, from verse 18 to verse 23, we see the encounter of a man called Zacharias with the angel of the Lord. Zacharias. He had an encounter with an angel of the Lord. We are told that that angel was Angel Gabriel. After the angel had told Zacharias, you are going to have a child. Your wife will be pregnant. She will give birth to a child. Zacharias said unto the angel, how will I know this? For I am not, I'm an old man. And my wife is well stricken in years.
look at the response of the angel. In verse 18, the angel answered, said unto him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I'm sent to speak unto thee and to show you the glad tidings. Verse 20. And behold, thou shalt be dumb. And not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed. Because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. God has a word for someone here today. The word that God is sending to you, it shall be fulfilled. Amen. I say it shall be fulfilled. Amen. Nothing and no one can change it. Nothing and no one can subtract from it. The word has gone forth. It shall be fulfilled in Jesus' name. You must not allow any room for unbelief. You see, Elijah understood one principle. And what was the principle? That was the principle that was demonstrated by Gabriel. That when you are coming from standing in the presence of God, you have no room for unbelief. You have no room for distractions. You become violent with the enemy. Remember what we are taught in the school of disciples. The only language the devil understands is what? It's the language of violence. You want the level to depart, you are begging him. Oh, he will deal with you. Seriously. But when you stand on your ground and say, Satan, I command you to live in the name of Jesus. When you tell Satan that if you don't go and release the fire of God upon you, when you let him know that your father is the consuming fire, <laughs> he knows that you know what you are talking about. He knows that you know your authority. And he will depart. The, 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 the angel Gabriel, coming from the presence of the Lord, said, I will take no nonsense from any man. You don't believe my word? You think I'm joking? Okay. You'll be done for a season. And that was it. So, that Elijah knew that what was expected of him before the kingdom of darkness was violence, and he demonstrated it. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 40, after Elijah had called down fire from heaven, and the Bible says, fire came down and consumed this offering, whereas the prayers of Baal, they caught themselves. Blood was flowing from them, not from their sacrifice. The sacrifice was there, there was no fire. Elijah did one thing. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 40, he said, take the prayers of Baal. Let none of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the brook, uh, brook Kishon. And what did he do? He slew them there. Violence against the kingdom of darkness. As you begin to fly, brethren, don't toy with the enemy. Give them what they deserve. There shouldn't be distractions that will pull you down. Elijah realized that his call was to magnify the living God. One of the soldiers that challenged the authority of, the God, of God of Elijah in 2 Kings chapter 1, from verse 3 to verse 4. 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 3 to verse 4. The soldiers that challenged the authority of the God of Elijah, they did not need to tell their story, did they? They came before him and said, Oh, man of God, the king says, come down. And Elijah said, Can there be two kings on the throne? It's not possible. The God that reigns in my life cannot accommodate the challenge of any earthly king. And so Elijah said, if I be the man of God, 
let fire come down. In 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 3 to 4, we saw the encounter between uh, 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 Elijah and the, and the people that the king sent to go and ask from Belzebub, or Belzebub, as the case may be, if he will come down from his sick bed. And Elijah met them and said, eh, is it because there's no God in Israel? Now you are sending to Belzebub to make inquiry? Go and tell the king. He will die. Then when you go to verse, uh, 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 verse 7 to verse 8, the king made inquiry. What type of man is that man that met you? And they said, oh, he, he, had a, he was a hairy man. He, was, he put on leather. And the man said, I know him. It's Elijah. Then when you go to verses 9 to 15, you see the encounters that I'm talking about. Oh, thou man of God. The king said, come down. And Elijah answered in verse 10. If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume the under 50. And you know what happened? Fire came down and consumed him and his 50. Why could Elijah make that pronouncement? Because indeed, he had been where? In the presence of God. And remember I mentioned it last, last, month, last week. Where I said you cannot fly within the house, right? You fly outside. Because you are what? You are sent. And when you are sent, there is a backing. Elijah was sent. You and I were sent. And as we begin to fly, every power of the kingdom of darkness, I want to challenge the authority of our God, they will meet with the consuming fire in the name of Jesus. Elijah knew that having stood before the living God, no power could challenge that authority in him. Except they wanted to be consumed. And they were consumed. They were consumed. The Bible says the, the king sent another batch. And the, man, the, 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 the captain of 50 came and did, in like manner said, Oh, man of God. The king said, Calm down. And he gave them the same reply. If I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. Until the Bible says he, he, the king sent the third 50. The devil is stubborn. And brethren, that's what many of us must realize. The devil is what? You, as a child of God, should never find yourself in the position you are begging the kingdom of darkness. That is a demonstration of what? Failure. Failure. As a child of God, you should never. Because one of the weapons the enemy uses against us is what? Is fear. Once you begin to exercise fear, once you begin to accommodate fear, you are already giving up. You will not give up in Jesus' name. Amen. I say you will not give up in Jesus' name. Oh, the devil is stubborn, but he's only stubborn when he knows you don't know what you are doing. <laughs> the third captain and his 50, he looked around. He counted. He knew geometry. He did some calculations. I said, I can see the captain there. I can see the perpendicular, whatever it is. Of the other 50. Those ones were burned by fire. This is not ordinary ashes. He moved and he saw another one. They kept, I said, ah, man of God, before I talk, in case you are not aware, I have a wife and children. I told them I was going to walk. I didn't tell them I was going to die. Have mercy upon me. Let my life be precious in thy sight. That's what the man said. 
And the angel of the Lord told Elijah, go with him. Do not be afraid. And of course, Elijah went. He comforted the king. The king with all his noise. When Elijah stood before him, could he do anything? He just wasted the lives of one and two people for nothing. Elijah came before him and said, well, thus says the Lord, you are going to die on that subject. And Elijah left. And he didn't do anything. Why did he send the captain and 50? Twice. In fact, three times to go and arrest him. When he saw the man, he became a vegetable. I want to tell someone that who is listening to me today, you are powerful. I said you are powerful. And you will fly in Jesus' name. You will fly in Jesus' name. Do you realize, brethren, that many times, the people that harass us, the people that make for us, ah, I will do this, I will do that, they can only say that because we are not there. Do you realize that? But many times, we hear what they have said, and we chicken out. If only you can take courage in the God you serve, and you move forward and you confront them, what happens? They won't even make reference to it at all. Say, ah, Mr. So-and-so, you're welcome. How are you? Oh, so how have you been? Oh, we've been worried about you. Oh, take your seat. Well, how can we help you? Meanwhile, they've been saying things that they cannot repeat before you. There is a power in you. There's an authority in you. You are a child of the living God. You are no longer walking. You are doing what? You are flying. You are flying. And it's time for you to possess your possessions. And you will do so in Jesus' name. Amen. I say you will do so in Jesus' name. Amen. That which the Lord has prepared for you as you stand before the King of Kings. You know, every day, take note of that fact. If you stand before God before you move out, the world is at your feet. God will direct your footsteps. God will direct you to the place of the greatness he has prepared for you. I speak to somebody's life here today. You will not fall. Amen. You will not fail. Amen. This year you will be an overcomer. Amen. This year you will have a testimony. Amen. This year the glory of the living God will shine forth through you. Amen. This year indeed you will fly. Amen. I say indeed you will fly. Amen. So shall it be in Jesus name. Father, we thank you. you are the